you wanted the best, you've got the best podcast. The hottest, hottest. podcast in the world. In the world. The Chris Voss Show, the preeminent podcast with guests so smart you may experience serious brain bleed. Get ready, get ready. Strap yourself in. Keep your hands, arms, and legs inside the vehicle at all times because you're about to go on a monster education roller coaster with your brain. Now, here's your host, Chris Voss. Wait, am I the host? Am I the host? Am I the host? Okay, it's Chris Voss here from the Chris Voss Show. Welcome to the show, friends and family. Uh, we certainly appreciate you guys uh, tuning in for an amazing, fun interview that we're going to take and have about an amazing uh, hot novel that's just uh, coming off the prints there. Uh, July 5th, 2022, it just came off. In the meantime, as we talk to this brilliant author, uh, go to youtube.com, Fortress Chris Voss, hit the bell notification button. Go to goodreads.com, Fortress Chris Voss, see everything we're reading and reviewing over there. Go to all our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, sign up for the LinkedIn newsletter as well. Hi, folks, Chris Voss here with a little station break. Hope you're enjoying the show so far. We'll resume here in a second. Uh, I'd like to invite you to come to my coaching, speaking, and training courses website. You can also see our new podcast over there at chrisvossleadershipinstitute.com. Over there, you can find all the different stuff that we do for speaking engagements, if you'd like to hire me, uh, training courses that we offer, and coaching for leadership, management, entrepreneurism, uh, podcasting, corporate stuff. Uh, with over 35 years of experience in business and running companies as CEO, uh, I think I can offer a wonderful breadth of information information and knowledge to you or anyone that you want to invite me to for your company. Thanks for tuning in. We certainly appreciate you listening to the show and be sure to check out chrisvossleadershipinstitute.com. Now back to the show. Uh, today, the amazing author we have on the show is Tessa Arlen. She is the author of the newest book, like I mentioned, just came out, A Dress of Violent Taffeta, uh, a novel that uh, she's just published, and we're going to be talking about her book, what's inside of it, and what she's got planned for uh, the future. Uh, she is an amazing author, and I'm just looking for the bio here, which I can't find. Uh, she is the author of A Woman of World War II Mysteries and the novel in Royal Service to the Queen. Born in Singapore, a daughter of a British diplomat, she has lived in Egypt, Germany, and the Persian Gulf, China, and India. And she now lives with her husband in historic Santa Fe, where she gardens in summer and writes in winter. Welcome to the show, Tessa. How are you? I'm very well. Thank you. Good, good. And I'm hanging in here on a Friday afternoon, I guess. Uh, the brain's already left for the weekend. Uh, so congratulations on the new book. Uh, give us your .com so people can find you on the interwebs. com. There you go. That's and so it. how many books do you have under your belt there? This is my eighth. Nice, nice. Eight books. Wow. That's just I amazing. <laughs> and uh, so what motivated you want to write this book? I was doing, um, I, I, I came across this uh, protagonist about eight years ago when I was researching um, for my Lady Montford Edwardian Mystery Service series. Mm -hmm. And um, she was sort of mentioned all over the place and not with a lot of approval uh, for the time she lived in because uh, she divorced her husband in 1893, which was an absolute no-no mm -hmm. then. Mm. Um, he ran off with a pantomime dancer and left mm. her destitute with a five-year-old child. 
And she was also considered to be a little bit ruthless and ambitious, which I think today would translate as merely struggling to survive. Hmm. And uh, the more I read about her, I was we sort of went on to do other things. And then I saw an exhibition of the clothes she designed at the Victorian Albert in London. Mm-hmm. And it, it, it was, oof, I get uh, goosebumps just uh, remembering it. It was, it was incredibly beautiful. They were works of art. Um, and so I, I thought I'd find out more and I wanted to write a story. There you go. Now, is this a continuation of any of your other books, or is this a new setup? No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Okay. She's just a, uh, this uh, Violet Taffeta is really a standalone historical fiction, okay. and it's and it takes place in London and New York and mm-hmm. Paris in the years between eighteen ninety three to nineteen thirteen. Nice. And so uh, give us some more insight to uh, some of the stories uh, in the book that uh, stuck out for you. Well, she was, uh, Lucy was very much an innovator. She was very courageous. Once she got her, her feet uh, under the table, so to speak, in the world of fashion design, which was really um, very male dominated. I mean, mm-hmm. it was all Paris and it was all men. Mm-hmm. Um, but she, uh, she was, uh, she was uh, very single-minded. But in her memoir, she claimed to be a woman of firsts. She was the first woman to um, prize uh, her clients out of their whalebone corsetry and put them into lingerie. She was the first woman to uh, show her new season's models with a live uh, mannequin parade fashion show. Mm-hmm. And uh, she also uh, survived, well, she married up. She married a baronet. She was from that sort of upper middle classes. And she married up uh, this um, sportsman and uh, fencing. Um, he was on the Olympic fencing team. She married this amazing man. And um, she was also a survivor of the Titanic mm. when, when that went down in 1912. So her life was very full, and she was quite a a grand dame. She was a real um, character. Mm-hmm. So, wow, she survived the Titanic. That's pretty mm-hmm. amazing. That's an yeah. amazing story. That was, so a she... fabulous, I, I, that was a fabulous couple of chapters to write, because she not only survived the Titanic, she and her husband survived the Board of Trade Inquiry into the sinking of the Titanic, because he mm. was accused of bribery. Oh, That'll that'll uh, that'll, that, that'll get you interested. <laughs> so it's based on uh, it's a, based on the true story of Labelle Epo. I'm not sure I'm going to pronounce that last name correctly. Labelle Epuku. Labelle Epoch <laughs> was the <laughs> Labelle Epoch. Yes. There we go. I'm learning everything today. Of, I learned, a, learned an era of uh, <laughs> history, um, mm-hmm. period in history. Lady yeah. Lucille Duff Gordon. Mm. Uh, and uh, who shattered the boundaries of fashion. Amazing. So has the book got a lot of uh, fashion empire stuff in it and, and designing and dressmaking, things of that nature? Yes, quite a bit. It's, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I do. I, I describe some of the clothes she made and who she made them for because she was, you know, the top of a game. She was, uh, everybody came to her, mm-hmm. rich, rich Americans, 
um, European royalty. Mm -hmm. and, and then all the, you know, the fashionable sets in London. So yes, I did. But what I loved about Lucy was that she had quite a sense of humor and wit. So her clothes were kind of bohemian. They weren't the stiff um, grand dresses of, of, of the time. And um, she named them. She gave her favorite ones names. She called them dresses of emotion. Mm. And um, she gave them names like Passionflower's First Kiss, and uh, <laughs> and they were all, you know, that time was kind of um, naughty. So oh. um, there was a lot of, she called them to her dresses, uh, uh, no, the raiment of allurement or something like that. But she was dressing women um, who would probably only wear that dress for one occasion. Uh-huh. That's what I do. I only wear one dress uh, per occasion. <laughs> That's my yeah. Role. Me too. Yeah, it's the only way to go. I mean, oh, yes, it's, it's, check them out when you're done with them. Yes, I sell them off to people or, or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so uh, she lives this opulent lifestyle, pretty much, doesn't she? Or does she go through kind of curvature of her life when she's, uh, you know, left penniless, I guess, and going through some different tr uh, struggles? Yeah, she really does struggle. She cuts out her first dress to sell on uh, her dining room table. Oh, wow. And uh, people would come and sit in her tiny little drawing room and wait for, her, wait for their fittings. And her mother, who was very proper, was horrified. She didn't like this at all. I don't know what she thought Lucy should have done when she was made destitute, but she certainly shouldn't have gone into trade. And mm. she certainly shouldn't have divorced her husband. But, mm. yeah, she went through some pretty rough times. But when she hit... The big time, she really did. And she wasn't a particularly opulent woman. She, I mean, she liked a degree of, of comfort and luxury, but she didn't dress. She wore little black dresses. Um, she was very uh, close to her clients. She was a really good listener. So she, she liked to believe that she designed a dress for them, for their personality. Mm. And I think that was part and parcel of her success was that she really was a woman's woman. She really did um, have great close friendships. Mm -hmm. Do you think, uh, do, were you thinking of any uh, movie stars, people who play this for TV, TV or movie? Or do you, have any, uh, do you have any people in mind maybe in your life as you were designing the characters? Uh, no, I, no, not at all. But, you know, I was asked that question, so I came up with one and, for the life of me, I can't remember who I thought of for the role of Lucy. <laughs> but I did think of somebody good. She was an English. She's an English act actress. Mm -hmm. And her first name is Le God. I'm so sorry. Can you ask me something else? <laughs> <laughs> uh, what do you, who, who do you think this is going to appeal to most? Who are your readers usually? I don't know. I think pretty much everyone. I, 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 I mean, you know, women certainly. Yes. Um, Women who love history, mm -hmm. um, who who enjoy uh, historical fiction, of which there are, luckily for us writers, thousands, yeah. and women who um, appreciate a, a strong protagonist, a rule breaker, a woman who forges her way. These are very popular topics for us girls these days. Yes. I mean, it, it definitely appeals. I mean, women buy and read so many books uh the uh 
so let's see. We we did the TV thing. Um, is there any uh, stories or stuff that sticks out to you? Maybe you want to tease out in the book. Or is there any twists or anything like that? Yes, there is. Because everything was going really well for Lucy and her new husband. And she's just going from success to success. She opens a salon on New uh, in New York. She's adored by Americans because they love the fact that their uh, dresses are being designed by a baronet's wife, by Lady Lucy Duff Gordon. And uh, everything is going f- fabulously well. And then she makes that fatal um, voyage on the Titanic. Yeah. She's, she's sort of it- commuting between London and New York on the Mauritania, but her husband's really excited about the Titanic. So they go on that. And of course, it's it was hell. I mean, and, and also the aftermath uh, pretty much wrecked Lucy and Cosmo. Um, it certainly put a, it was a huge issue for them to get over in their marriage and in her business. Mm. So, so that, challenges. Yeah, that's that awful moment when everything's going well and then it crashes. You know? mm. So uh, did you how long did it take you to write the book? Um, when I first, well, not after research, which took me a while, mm-hmm. um, probably about a year. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, it goes into production, you know, in the publishing house, and that's ages. Mm-hmm. What helped you discover her story, or, or how did you discover her story? When she was, when I was researching for another book, you know, you come across all these characters and you think, oh, I'm going to mm-hmm. remember that one. I'm going to write about that's her. That's right. Mm-hmm. Uh, I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, uh, what sort of uh, when it did it just flow out of you when you wrote it, or does mm. usually when you're writing, does it exhaust you? Are you energized? Does it flow off the pa- off the pen to the paper? Uh, how does it usually work for you when you write novels like this? Well, I have an outline, so I have an idea where I'm going, but that sometimes changes. Mm-hmm. And I, it just, I, it just comes. Mm-hmm. I sometimes feel like it's not really me. <laughs> <laughs> Do you kind but of embody I, the I, character? Not so much that, but I feel like a conduit that after oh. a while I become so caught up in this woman and her story that it's like mm-hmm. she's almost telling it. Um, and I love it. It's the best part of it, the writing. The rest mm-hmm. of it's hell. I mean, you know. <laughs> <laughs> the editing, I know, is. The editing goes on and on and on. And then there's all the self-doubt that comes with the whole business of putting yourself out there. I know. Isn't it weird? Do you still get that after eight books, though? Yeah. Seriously? I'm a wreck. I hate I hate it when my book comes out. <laughs> I, I can't, you know, there's a whole, I think, my. I feel really sorry for my husband. I, I get all, you know, kind of like a, um, a, Labrador retriever and kind of like, and uh, and yet it comes out and and I think uh, you know, why did I get so overwrought about? Yeah, you know I, I think I, I like guess, to think I cover it. I do. I like to think that I can cover that over. Yeah. I I you know it's funny when I I did my first book last year uh, and it's just a it's a business book, but. I remember going through that process where your brain screws with you and goes, 
no one's going to read this damn thing. Yeah. It's not going to sell one copy. Not even, not even one per. Like you're just lying to people. Like they're going to read it and go, "This guy's an idiot." <laughs> I mean, I have 54 years of knowledge, but you know, I just you're like, no one's going to read this a carrot. They're just going to be like, "What the hell is this?" So, but yeah, it's it's interesting to me that's still happening after eight books because I was like, maybe after I write the first one and people buy it, you know, then I'll be like, yeah, people read my stupid book, uh, in my thing you know my idiot writing whatever um but yeah it's it's interesting that still goes on maybe that's maybe that's your brain trying to sabotage you when it does that where it's like oh I'm, i think it's all sorts of things and it certainly is your brain trying to sabotage you you know you can't really believe in yourself that much otherwise you'd be um you'd be pretty a bit of a narcissist yes so basically you just go you know i just accept fa- this is fail before it even starts I just accepted that I was a narcissist. Uh, <laughs> oh, well, <laughs> I don't know about, I, you know, something I think, I, I honestly think that basically, you, you know, it's almost bad manners to believe that you're going to be successful. So I don't, <laughs> I practice stoicism. <laughs> I reached a point with the, I reached a point when I was writing my book where I was like, you know, a lot of it was not only my business thoughts, but a lot of my stories. And so I've, I've been carrying around these stories for 54 years, 35 years of business. And, and to me to finally get them on paper so I can get them out of my head, because I was constantly telling the stories as a griot, <laughs> you know, as a verbal historian. And the reason I, I realized over the years that I was, kept repeating the stories is because I was trying to remember them. And so once, once again, on paper. And so finally I reached a point where I was like, you know what? I really like what I've written and I've told my stories and I put them on the paper and they're cemented in time for all eternity or whatever. And I don't really care if anybody reads the book. And I just, came, for some reason I came to this moment where I was just like, I don't give a shit if anybody reads this book. I'm, I got it written and I don't care. And fuck it. And I wrote that on like Facebook. I go, I don't give a shit if anybody buys this book. I, I'm happy. I got it in paper. So it's a journey sometimes being a writer. Uh, does writing get easier for you over the years or has it been just as, just as difficult each and every time? It's never difficult for me to write ever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I have, I need quite a shut in life. You know, I'm not out there having, um, you know, I was quite happy never to go and work in an office or adhere to somebody's schedule. Um, mm-hmm. and, and I love being a stay-at-home mom. And then, of course, that all ended up with, you know, that excuse went away when my kids grew up. Mm-hmm. So basically, I was left with this sort of, well, what do I do? And I certainly didn't want to go out and work, mm-hmm. real, you know, real work. So I, I just thought, I'll, I'll, I'll have a bash at writing a story. So it's you- never, the story part, the writing part is never a chore. It's, you know, and wonderful thing is you can do it until you basically lose your marbles, you know, and maybe even become a bestseller then yeah. <laughs> when you're Some writing. people have lost their marbles and are great writers too. So. <laughs> yeah. so basically that, no, it's not a chore. There you go. So how do you select some of the names of your characters? I mean, obviously this is some historical fiction, but some of the other ones you make around it, how do you choose your names? Do you know, I love that part. Um, mm. My World War II, Woman of World War II mystery series, the protagonist's name was Poppy Redfern, which I don't know, that just popped in. And I had a wonderful time with my Edwardian um, uh, series, choosing really snotty English 
uh, upper crest names. Um, one character was called Lucinda Lambert, Lambert because the English loved those, you know, double barrels. Um, but I mean, I didn't really choose names for this book because she's real. Her name was Lucy Wallace, and she married a chap called Sir Cosmo Duff Gordon. Now, there's a, a name I could never in a million years have dreamt up, and it's brilliant. Yeah, yeah, it's a very unique name when it comes yeah. down to it. Yeah, um, yeah, it, yeah. I, I would, I, you know, I, I I'm so factual. I, I could never have the imagination around a novel. I don't think. I don't know. It seems like it seems like you know you have to make everything. Uh, and I don't, I don't have that imagination. So I really am impressed when, when novels can do this because they have to, have to make up everything. They have to story and everything. I mean, I just have, uh, there's some stupid crap I did last week is what I read about. But, uh, but you know, there is a, no, there is a, 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 a definite, uh, trick to writing, um, anecdotal re mm -hmm. remembering. And, and, and it's no good if it's just only interesting to you. Mm -hmm. So. You know, there has to be something that draws people in to read the mm. things that you experience. So I, I don't know that it's any different. And I really believe that memory can be very selective at times. <laughs> <laughs> do you ever get writer's block? If I do, um, if I do, I make lunch and have a glass of wine and take the dogs for a walk and say, it's mm. it. that's it for today. I used to write really good if when I was uh, imbibing in some of the booze. I choose the one I used to write really well, and then it got to the point where I couldn't do the booze anymore. So oh, uh, then I had to write good. sober. In fact, I wrote my book sober. That's really weird. Do you, um, know, what, do you know what Hemingway said? Ernest Hemingway. He said, write drunk. Edit sober. Edit sober. Yes, I used to do that a lot. I should have turned it into a book, and I would just write little things. But yeah, <laughs> I I should have written more when I was drinking because it was so much easier to write. And I get as a man, you're you you know, I'm really disconnected to my rational brain and my emotional brain. And so by getting drunk, I can connect to my emotional brain. I can play piano and and, and guitar and yeah. do things. But you know, when I'm sober, I was very left brain rational. And so I would write my best stuff. Um, I thought when I was drunk and it was so easy, it would just flow out of me because I was connected to that emotional. Thing. Yeah. Uh, were there any hard scenes to write in the book for you? I'm sorry. Were there any hard scenes to write in the book? Any scenes yes. that uh, maybe you liked in the book? Yeah, I, I've always written mystery because I think I'm really good at describing how what motivates someone to kill someone else, and <laughs> <laughs> and I'm 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 actually very private. So um, Lucy had this sort of disastrous first marriage, and then she fell in love with Cosmo, or he fell in love with her. And she had to discover her sensuality um, in the book. I mean, I had no idea what the real Lucy, how, how her love life went. But I had to have Lucy come out of this workaholic's life and recognize that, yes, she was in love with Cosmo and that it was, and she was physically attracted to him. Mm -hmm. So that part, when they are together, when he comes to visit her in the south of France, that part I get really kind of, um, it just doesn't flow. I have to go away and say, look, come on, it's okay. <laughs> you mm -hmm. can like this. <laughs> you know what you're doing. Um, and so those romantic 
and sexually attractive parts and there isn't graphic sex in my book um <laughs> i get kind of self-conscious because i feel it's too revealing of oh. who I am. and i know tons of writers who can just toss off these amazing paragraphs that leave everybody gasping i don't think i'm that i don't think i'm that girl <laughs> well i mean you're you're doing quite well i mean you've written eight books and people seem to love them well good let's hope they let's <laughs> hope yeah. so they keep it up yeah. all right anything more you want to tease out on the book before we go no i'm perfectly happy i'm in the <laughs> middle of writing my next one. Ah, when does that come out i don't know yet because we're in the middle of that um you know publisher agent conversation that goes on ah there you go. Is it going to be a standalone or is it going to be an addition yeah. to this one? It's going to be a standalone because I'm really into my historical um, fiction at the moment. And it is about a woman who, uh, a, another real woman, an English woman who was a writer mm-hmm. um, between the years of 1933 and um, 39, just before the Second World War. And it's set in England and Egypt. And there you go. She was interesting. <laughs> she was well, there you go. That should make for an interesting guy. book. Yeah. There you go. Uh, all right. So uh, give us your .coms uh, where people can find you on the interwebs or learn more about you. So um, I'm on Facebook, Tessa Arlen. I think it might be Tessa Arlen author. And I'm, um, I'm on Instagram, Tessa.Arlen. And I have a website, TessaArlen.com. There you go. There you That's go. Me. Tessa, it's been wonderful to have you on the show and get to know you for a second. How's uh, Thank you for coming on. Thank you. It was fun. There you go. Uh, and guys, order up the book. Also go to your YouTube, our goodreads.com, uh, Fortress Chris Voss, and all of our groups on Facebook, LinkedIn, Twitter. Be good to each other. Stay safe. And we'll see you guys next time.